0: Counterspell is the classic Dungeons & Dragons equivalent of waggling your finger at a lesser spellcaster like a disappointed parent. And if there's two things I know, it's D&D and disappointed parents. With this, you get to shut down another spell as it's being cast, and their spell simply fizzles out into nothing. Stick around for today's episode if you want to learn how to do that. In D&D 5e, counterspell is mostly locked into the arcane casters and can be found on the sorcerer, warlock, and wizard spell list. It's a third level spell, which means a sorcerer, warlock, or wizard of fifth level can cast it if they choose to learn it or put it in their spellbook. A few paladin archetypes can also cast it, specifically Oath of Redemption Paladins and Oath of Watchers Paladins. It's a third level spell though, and since paladins are half level spellcasters with slower spell progression, paladins can't cast it until they reach ninth level. Counterspell, at its most basic function, just cancels out somebody else's spell. You spot an enemy mage about to blast you with a fireball and you just snap your fingers and say, no, that's not happening. So long as you see the enemy caster and are within 60 feet of them, that's pretty much how it goes. It's a reaction, so you're casting it on their turn in most cases, and you're basically trading out your spell slot to cancel out theirs. However, you're winning out on the action economy since they use their whole turn maybe just an action or bonus action, mind you, while you only used a reaction. That's how it works so long as you're countering a spell of third level or lower, or if you cast Counterspell at a level equal or higher than the spell you're countering. This means that if you see the big baddie about to launch some massive spell of death your way, you're going to have to match the spell level used, or you have to take a chance on it using a lower level spell slot. If you cast Counterspell with a lower level spell slot than the spell you're trying to counter, it's no longer a sure thing and you instead have a chance of success by making a check against it rather than making an automatic Counterspell. The check uses your spellcasting ability, Charisma for Sorcerers, Warlocks, and Paladins, and Intelligence for Wizards. But that's it. It's not a skill you can add your proficiency or saving throw, it's just your spellcasting ability score bonus plus a d20 roll. Since the DC is equal to 10 plus the spell's level, so presumably at least four, you'll on average have a worse than 50-50 chance at ever countering a spell of a higher level, and potentially quite worse odds for really high level stuff. Players commonly mix up counterspell and dispel magic, which is understandable since they do rather similar things. But let's go over it just for clarification. Counterspell is for stopping spells as they're cast, and dispel magic is for ending spells after they're already cast and also ongoing magic effects. A caster looking to shut down enemy magic should probably have both in their arsenal, but Counterspell specifically is for stopping magic just as it's happening, versus stopping magic that has already gone into effect. Say the enemy caster readies up a 4th level fireball at the party and you move to Counterspell it. But wait, do you actually know the spell's level, or what spell they're casting for that matter? It's not like they're announced beforehand or something like that. These are questions that most likely cause arguments surrounding Counterspell and sadly, there aren't many clean answers and it's largely left up to your DM, who's hopefully pretty cool with these sort of disputes. Your DM may decide to loudly announce that the enemy is casting Fireball or they may simply tell the players to roll Dexterity to save against it. Exactly how much information you have before you choose to cast a Counterspell or not is entirely up to your DM. We did get some rulings in Tasha's saying that a player can use their reaction to make an arcana check to determine the nature of a spell as it's being cast, but that hardly helps us here since we need that reaction to cast counterspell itself. There are some arguments that can be made about the verbal and semantic components or thematic how big does the spell look type of considerations, but in the end it's all up to the DM without a proper official ruling. A decent middle ground that I've seen several DMs use is to say that if you know the spell being cast, as in, it's a spell that you can cast yourself, then you recognize it when it's being cast by another spellcaster. While the spell itself is simple, the diversity of spellcasting and spells in 5e can complicate exactly how counterspell works. So let's answer all the questions you have from the very much necessary all the way down to the pedantic. Can I counter a spell with a long casting time? Some spells take minutes or even hours to cast, but counterspell seems to specify the start of casting. However, in the raw text of the spell, it specifies a spell in process. The consensus seems to be that Counterspell can be used to fizzle any spell, regardless of how long the spell takes to cast, or how long into casting the target caster has gotten, even if it's a ritual spell or something that has been in process for hours. Can I Counterspell a spell cast from a wand or a staff? The short answer is yes. You can use Counterspell on anything that's specifically a spell. So a magic item like a wand or a staff that can be used to specifically cast a spell are eligible targets for Counterspell, just as if they were cast directly from a spellcaster. You cannot, however, counter special abilities of magic items if they aren't specifically spells. How does concentration in Counterspell work? Let's say you're concentrating on a Haste spell and attempt to cast Fly another concentration spell, and some evil mage hits it with a counterspell. What happens to your haste spell? The short answer is that haste ends. The reason this happens is that you attempted to cast fly and started casting it, and concentration ends the moment you begin casting another spell that requires concentration. So sadly, if you're concentrating on a spell, attempt to cast another concentration spell, and it gets countered, you will lose both. Can I counterspell a counterspell? Absolutely. The spell counterspell meets all the requirements to be the target of yet another counterspell, even though you're the original caster. This also means that if somebody tries to counterspell your spell, you can use your reaction to counter their counter of your initial spell. Do I lose the spell slot if I get counterspelled? Yes, very much so. While it doesn't state it directly, counterspell says that the spell fails, and through some digging I can confirm that a spell slot used on a spell that fails is still used up. Counterspell is an important tool that should be in every Arcane Spellcaster's toolbox in 5e. There are some specific uses and strategies on top of that that you may find useful. You can match the target or third level spell slots. This concept is a bit dependent on how much information your DM is letting slip, but there's literally no benefit to upcasting a counterspell unless you manage to match the level of the spell being cast. For example, say the rival mage casts a fifth level spell. Using a 4th level slot to cast Counterspell has the exact same effect as using a 3rd level slot. Also, using a 6th level slot to cast Counterspell has the exact same effect as matching it with a 5th level spell slot. This means that in a situation where you know the spell's level, you should always cast a 3rd level Counterspell, the minimum, or match the actual spell level exactly. Anything else would be wasting a higher spell slot that you don't need to. If you don't know the level of spell being cast, you then have the choice between just using a third level slot or risking a higher level slot and hoping to guess the level that matches it. This is kind of meta gameplay, but if your DM is keeping their enemy spellcaster spell specifications close to the chest, listen for their dramatic buildups. If your DM starts playing up the description of a spell rather than casting it or rolling, it may be time to jank them with a max level counterspell. If it's something your dungeon master deems narration worthy, it's probably a dangerous spell and likely something you don't want to happen. As I mentioned before, you can use counterspell to stop an enemy counterspell targeting your own spells. Keeping a backup counterspell can help you push through your most powerful and nasty spell when fighting enemy mages. The school of abjuration gets rarely used by most magic users, but it's one of the few ways to become a better counterspeller. Abjuration wizards gain temporary hit points whenever they cast abjuration spells, such as counterspell, and once they hit 10th level, they gain the ability to add their proficiency bonus to their counterspell check. These college mage chaps should almost always win the counterspell arms race, and becoming an abjuration college trained mage should be on your radar if you want to focus on counters. Counterspell really is one of those things that I think a lot of new players discover for the first time and realize that the possibilities of shutting down the DM's plans, uh, they're pretty much endless. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you have a great experience where Counterspell was used, I would love to hear all about it down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Dice, and until next time, farewell.